Well, good morning, church. Well, I tell you, that was some awesome worship this morning. I think it just really ties right into where we're at this morning as we come to the in this series of uh, prayer, experiencing and knowing God. And we've walked through this uh, answering questions that often people ask about prayer, and hopefully you've come looking each Sunday for God to give you an answer to a question that you've been wrestling with for a long time regarding the message on prayer or thought of prayer. What is it? We started off the very first Sunday and looked at why prayer, and we said that God is, is desiring to initiate a relationship with us that is very real and personal, and that it's, it, it, prayer is a way in which we can be able to acknowledge our dependence upon Him. That's, that's huge. That's key. But then uh, Tony took us in the next couple of weeks and looked at, you know, that wrestling with, uh, is prayer more asking for my will to be done or God's will to be done? And then looking at a very clear definition, very simple definition of what prayer is, is that it's communication between God and man. And then last Sunday, Nick talked about, you know, when you're, and I hear this from people all the time, is, well, when you pray, what should you pray? Um, is it always just about make, bring requests, or is there something more to it? And he looked at this, when Jesus is responding to the question that the disciples asked, teach us to pray. And I come this morning to bring up this very sensitive subject about why we stop praying. And my guess is, is that some people will stop praying or persistently praying the same thing over and over again is because we have not heard God speak. We think it's almost like we're speaking to a wall. We get more uh, uh, movement from a wall than we get from God. It just seems like God doesn't care. Some people get extremely frustrated. Some get discouraged because it doesn't seem like God is answering prayers. And I think the song that we were singing a little bit ago, when it was talking about I am who you say I am, is that we have a hard time believing that God really does love us. Because oftentimes what we feel is not that I am completely forgiven, completely righteous, uh, and that I'm a child of the King. I feel more like a broken down automobile. No movement. Things just are not working out well. And I think that we get to this subject of persistent praying, praying the same prayer over and over again, is that we often feel like that, well, there are books out there that would teach us that uh, prayer should never be repeated, the same prayer be repeated uh, again because it shows a lack of faith or a lack of trust in God. And I want you to know that there, uh, sometimes I get dizzy walking to uh, to a Christian bookstore and go through the section on prayer because there are so many books on prayer. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, everybody's got an inside track, and I think we all might want to buy about a, uh, a one of, uh, have a copy of each one of those because we think that if I just read something, maybe I'm going to find the key to unlocking the doors of heaven, and God is going to respond to me. But I, I like what a friend of mine once said. He goes, Randy, you don't need to read another book on prayer. You just need to pray. I think that's wisdom. Because really, that's what it boils down to. 
And, but we stop praying because we feel like, well, I don't have time, or uh, it just seems like that, you know, if we get into trouble, then we cry out to God, and, uh, and yet we wonder, is it a sign if I am persistently coming to God again and again? Is it biblical? Should I stop doing it? Is it a lack of trust or a lack of uh, faith in God? Is it that I'm trying to force my will versus his will? Is it uh, a sense of that I am just struggling to accept a response that I may sense uh, that God maybe has responded, but I don't like it? I don't like what he's doing. I'd rather it be what I like. So you see the, the tension, the battle that comes when it comes to prayer. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. They're going to have a Bible for you if you do not have one. If you're not using a Bible app or if you're not using an uh, a, uh, iPad there, or you didn't bring your own Bibles, there are some Bibles here for you. I want these Bibles this morning. They're yours. You mark them because I'm going to take you to a passage where Jesus addresses this subject of prayer. And uh, he talks about the consistency of praying prayers, the same prayers again and again. And uh, so I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And for those of you who just received one of those Bibles, it's page 731. We come to an interesting passage. Jesus has been addressing a question about the coming of the kingdom. And, you know, the, the question that he's addressing uh, maybe is not so foreign to us as we may think because a lot of us are intrigued and wondering about end times and when is, is Jesus going to come soon. And, uh, and it's interesting that on the tail end of this parable that he's teaching is that when he does come, will faith, will he find faith on the earth? So I want you to watch what Jesus says regarding this persistent praying. And this uh, it brings up two interesting characters. One is a widow who is constantly begging God or begging the judge to meet this need. And a judge who could give a rip about people, and especially God. And so, watch what happens here in this passage, beginning with verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, that's important. Always pray, not give up. Then he said, in a certain town, here's the parable. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about man or men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, you could say pestering me, Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. 
And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who's crying out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So here's a judge, an unjust judge, a judge that is all in for himself, cares less about people, has no fear of God. And here comes this widow who constantly keeps asking again and again and again. It doesn't say how many days, weeks, months, or years this widow would have been coming to this judge. But he finally gets tired of the pestering, so he decides to provide an answer, give her what she's granting, so that it will stop. First of all, do you see the relationship between a widow and the judge? Is there's no relationship, there's no caring or compassion for the person that is making the request. What I see in this text is a tremendous support to persistent praying. Because he gives an example. Jesus talks about this persistent request. And then he talks about this delayed response and concludes with the effect that that has on faith. I venture to say that a lot of times we stop praying because we have this view of God that he doesn't really, he doesn't, he's not interested in the things that are going on in your personal life. And so you can just walk on. I mean, you don't even need to pray it because, hey, by the way, if he's a sovereign God, he's just going to go ahead and do what he wants to do anyway. Why should I even pray? And so we wrestle with that. But as I was looking at this, this whole persistence and coming to God again and again and the idea of love and Jesus addressing the fact that he's a loving father that, uh, that desires to have this relationship with us that is very real and very personal, that he longs to have us come to him. He doesn't see us as a pest. He sees us as a person whom he loves, and he's interested in what we bring to him. And there's a personal story that just cements this in my own mind. Because I had struggled, when I was in 1970, when I came to faith in Christ, I had one thing in mind after I came to Jesus, I want my parents to come to Jesus. So, you know, I'm sharing four spiritual laws, I'm going, asking them the big questions, if you're to die tonight, do you know where you'd spend eternity? And I had all those questions down. I, I was a pest to my parents. And... Uh, uh, now, I wasn't quite as bad as some little kids can be in a store. I want that, I want that, I want that. And you keep telling them, no, if you ask me one more time, I'm going to spank you right here. And, uh, or, and then what they do is they throw themselves down on the floor and they start throwing a fit. And so we think that, okay, because I don't want there to be a scene, I'm just going to go ahead and give them what they want. And uh, so we have this, this view, I've got to, I want God to save my parents. I want them to come to faith in Jesus. So I'm constantly going about sharing my faith. You know, at the very beginning of my faith, 
my walk with the Lord, I realized a lot of my praying for my parents or even praying, period, was very immature. I was still growing in my faith. But I kept praying. And I kept praying the same prayer over and over again for my parents. Not seeing anything happen. They were kind of closed the door to it. Twelve years after I started praying that prayer, my grandfather passed away. And so at the funeral home, uh, here was Tony, then 12, and uh, who always used to like to tell his grandfather how he was going to hell. And... Um, <laughs> now, I need to set that up by saying, because he learned it from me. <laughs> And here's my my father who's seeing his father lying in a casket, and he asked me a question that continued right out onto the, the steps of the funeral home. How do you have this joy? Twelve years praying, and now I'm beginning to see that there's openness. God's doing something. I needed that. I just needed some sign. I need to know that God was working in my father's life, and there was that moment where God just kind of opened the door to help me to see how much he's pursuing my father. Six years later, my father and mother came to faith. Eighteen years we prayed. We didn't give up. And I think what it taught me is that God loves people. And I know that we are praying in God's will when we pray for people's salvation because 2 Peter 3, 9 makes it very clear that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Do you see it? We don't pray out of God's will when we're praying for the salvation of other people. And and so I was learning how to pray, how to grow in trust and faith. God was overseeing a much bigger plan. He could see more than what was going on than I could ever see because I was so limited in what I could see and what was going on. I needed some help. I needed to see a sign, and God gave me that. I knew I was going to keep trusting God for the answer. I wasn't going to listen to teachers who were saying that, well, you you should only ask once, because if you ask more than once, you don't have faith, or you don't believe God's heard you. And that may be where you're at. You may feel like a lot of times when you pray is that you're getting a busy signal from God. God's not hearing you. God's not listening to you. Or you may feel, how, why would God ever listen to somebody like me? God cares about each and every one of us. He's ready to speak to us and share with us. I know during that 18-year period, I was growing in my faith. And when that time came and, the, and, and my parents came to faith in Christ, I didn't mope. 
I thought, oh, Lord, you mean I got to stop praying now? You answered? I got a happy dance going on, and you don't want to see that. <laughs> but excited that 18 years of praying, God unfolded and, the, the, and pulled back the, the curtains to God's love for my parents, and they responded. Ian Bounds, in his book about prayer, made this quote, and, I, and so I wrote it down and I placed it on my desk because I did not want to forget this. And this is what he writes. Persistent praying never faints or grows weary. Boy, does that describe you, me? Do praying the same things over and over again or, or praying period, do we, do we have a tendency to faint and grow weary because it just doesn't seem like God's responding? Then he said, it's never, dis- it's never discouraged. It never yields to cowardice, but is lifted up and sustained by a hope that knows no despair and a faith that will not let go. Your faith, not letting go. And we just sang a song that says what? He never lets go. Can't fail. (laughs) Right? Your faith, never letting go. His grip's stronger, by the way. He never lets go. And then he he says, persistent praying has patience to wait and strength to continue. It never prepares itself to quit praying. It refuses to get up from its knees until an answer is received. That's like that widow. She was not going to quit. She was going to be persistent in going again and again, you can call it pestering, you can call it whatever, but she was going to stay at it until she found an answer. And God loves us. He cares about the things we bring to him in prayer. And sometimes we give up before God comes through. So why should we not give up praying? I think this parable would not make sense unless we have a full view of the theology of God as a father who not only loves us, but also knows what is best. Because you see, if we think that God is an uncaring judge, as the example that Jesus uses in this parable, then we'll end up just getting angry and stop praying. If we think we have to talk God into loving us, we'll only become cynical. We can sing all the songs we want to about that uh, uh, I am who he says I am, but I just, it's here in my mind, I just can't believe the concept that God loves me just the way I am. If we think our persistence convinces God to do something we wouldn't otherwise do, then we'll just simply end up thinking our prayers are more powerful than God himself. 
Think about that for a minute. If God just answered every prayer we prayed right then, my guess is the relationship would become weak because all you're doing is coming to him thinking, this is what I need, give it to me. It's like a genie. We just rub the side of it, and all of a sudden the genie appears and gives you exactly what you're looking for. So when it comes to this question, is it biblical? Jesus speaks on it that it is. But look what the Apostle Paul says. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, he says, night and day we pray. Well, now, if we just stop there, okay, night and day we pray. He's not praying anything consistently. He's being consistent in prayer, but he's not praying maybe the same thing every day, night and day. But look what it says. Most earnestly, that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now you see he's praying night and day for something that he's consistently bringing before God. But look what he says to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Do you see Paul says, even to the church of Colossae, we continually ask God to fill you consistently he's asking, he's requesting that God would do something for these people. Then turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. I'll have it up on the screen. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Look at that. I have not stopped. That's persistence. That's consistently praying for the same thing. I remember you in my prayers. I keep asking. There it is. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy name, in his holy people. You see, Paul says, I've not stopped giving thanks. I keep asking. And so when you think about that, Jesus says persistent praying, that's good. I want to be pestered. I want to talk to you. I want, I want us to converse. He wants to hear the things that are on our heart. But sometimes we just give up. Or we stop praying because it doesn't feel like it's doing any good. We still see them. We're people that we are praying for consistently walking away. If conversation between God and man is prayer, I want you to hear me very carefully. 
then what you pray for is not more important than you talking with him. It's more important your relationship with God than it is what you pray for. That's just the bonus of having him as your father. Because you see, God knows you. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He just wants you to bring it to him because he cares about every aspect of your life. Just think about this for a moment. For God to grant what you're asking for every time, even if it's a good thing, might be the most unloving thing God could ever do. Because you see, if every time you ask for something, God gave it to you, then guess what? What's missing is you're just looking at what you get rather than him. You're looking at the answer. And sometimes we need to be persistent and keep praying and not worrying about the answer. Because in time, God will come through with some great stuff. I gave this, give this as an example. There was one of the elders in our church who had came, came down with terminal cancer. And um, he was at a place where he was on his last leg. And I remember going, Leanne and I both went to see him, and we started talking about in heaven, I wonder if there's going to be a muscle car. Because he and I love muscle cars. We talked about the racetrack that had to be set up. And um, we got a phone call that said, you need to come. Uh, the family's being gathered. It doesn't look good. It looks like he's going to pass sometime during the night. So we went, we prayed, and then we went home. That was on a Saturday on Sunday after I got home from church. I got a phone call, and I saw on the phone it had Spotsy's name on it. I thought, oh, it must be his wife telling me that he's passed. So I get on the phone. Hello? Randy! It's Spotsy here. <laughs> Chuck, I thought you were supposed to be dead. <laughs> Why was I shocked? Because you see, sometimes we just think everything, it's gloom and despair. It's, it's, God's not going to do anything. Because we've been praying so long on it, we'd have thought, well, surely if he really cared about me, he would have answered that prayer a long time ago. There were a lot of people praying for him. So it wasn't because there was somebody really special who laid hands on him and he comes back to life. God had a plan for his life. And you're saying, well, how does that work then? How can God raise somebody who's on the deathbed and heals them like that, and then other times he doesn't? And I want you to know something. If I had a good answer for that, I could make millions. Because that's what we all want, right? 
we'd like to know, am I missing a formula? I don't know. Ask God. Because we don't know why sometimes God works this way within this situation, but other times He works this way, and there's no clear answer. But I'll tell you something. What develops between that first request and what happens whenever the answer starts to come could be days, could be months, could be years. And what could be happening is my faith growing more than what it did when I first started asking. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 12. Page 679. So based on the disciples asking the question, teach us to pray, we come to this. And Jesus says something that responds and provides an answer to that question, is it biblical to keep praying the same thing? Or why should I give up praying when I feel like God is absent or he doesn't care? Verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. You first look at that text and it says, ask, seek, knock. And you'd miss the clear translation of that passage. Because it's present tense. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Ask is prayer. The relationship between you and the Heavenly Father is the most important. Keep asking. Keep praying. The second part of it, the the seeking, it means intensity and sincerity. So persistence may look like that I'm like that widow who keeps hounding and keeps coming to the Father again and again and again and again and again. And you're thinking, is he getting upset with me because I do that? And Jesus says, you keep right on seeking. The third, knocking. What is that? Knocking is persistence. You keep knocking. You know, sometimes when you go to a a door of someone's house, for those of you who may have done like evangelism explosion or you've done other things, you're going up to the door, you've got your, you know, your plan of exactly what you're going to do. And sometimes you feel like 
I hope they're not here. You're knocking on the door. And sometimes you can hear people rustling behind the doors. And you think, ah, they don't want to see me, so you kind of walk away. I see Jesus saying to all of us, you just keep right on knocking. You keep asking me. You keep seeking me. You keep knocking. And what's going to happen? The answer to whatever you're asking is not as important as what's developing in the time frame of asking, seeking, knocking. Your relationship is growing. Jesus is not laying down some condition that if, if met, that you and I can move God to respond. He's addressing a need that, is so in, that we may have that is so intensely driving us that we need to be careful not to get discouraged because there's this delayed response. It's not happening. When I look over the season of my Christian life, I can see answers to prayer that came quickly, others that took more time, and others that it seemed like that are, are still not even answered. Do we give up praying those prayers? And the answer is no. Don't stop. Don't quit. Because you don't know what's going on. You don't know how God is moving and working around the individual you're praying for. Don't quit. God really cares about the things, and that's what he's talking about is giving good gifts. God really cares about this relationship with you. He really cares about you. And maybe the request that you're praying this morning is, do it again, Lord. You don't want things to be the way they are. Maybe you've been praying constantly for a spouse, or you've been constantly praying for a a child, or you're constantly praying for a a relative or a, a sibling that is walking away from God. Don't stop praying. I want to give you some key points of guidance. Three of them. Persistent praying reminds us that God is our source for everything we need. We need to understand that. That coming to Jesus again and again and again and again is showing, it's demonstrating that I'm looking to him to be the answer and not me. There's nothing I can do to to try to convince him otherwise. He is the one I care about the most. And by the way, Lord, here's something I'm struggling with. Here's a need I have. Persistent praying deepens our relationship with God. How many times I hear people saying, I wish my relationship with God was better than it is. And you think, if I just started doing all these things, that maybe that's going to bring, convince God to come back to me and recognize the fact that I'm here. I just want you to know, folks, God loves you regardless. 
I think there's nothing more beautiful in Scripture than the picture of the, when the prodigal son starts to come back home, that the father doesn't sit there with his arms folded like this, waiting, so he can kind of shame him. What does it say? The father went running. And he's running to you. He's running towards that, that child of yours or that spouse or that sibling that may be far from God. He's running to them. He wants to love them. He wants them to experience what it's like to be in his presence. He wants you who keep praying the same prayer but getting frustrated because it just doesn't seem to be working. And Jesus this morning reaches, leans down and whispers in your ear, don't give up. Don't give up. I'm working in your life and I'm working in the thing that you are praying about. That this relationship with you is most important. I want to love you. I want you to embrace that love. And finally, persistent praying does not change God. It changes you. We need to grow up. And it doesn't come by the use of the microwave. You can't just put the spiritual growth in a microwave oven and expect in two minutes you're going to be mature. It's that stupid crockpot method. <laughs> Takes a long time. But I'll tell you what, I will eat anything out of a crockpot any day of the week over a microwave because the taste is a whole lot better. We need to be patient and wait for God to respond. So this week... As we've been asking at the end of the service for you to consider what you could do on a daily basis that's different than what you've been doing to, to establish a new rhythm in your life, we've asked you to take five minutes sometime during the day that you normally don't pray and spend it with the Father. This week, I'm going to ask you to do this. Each day, I want you to think about that one prayer that you stop praying and I want you to start asking it again. Go back in faith, trusting for God to move and work. Let's pray. Father, you see our heart. And you know how many times, Father, we just give up. We give up too quickly. We become impatient. We want things to happen the minute we ask. But you love us too much to just respond always in the moment. Because our relationship is more important. Our growth, our maturity. And Lord, this morning I pray for those who have given up. They stopped praying because they felt like God doesn't care about them. 
or maybe they're just frustrated because they were hoping by now you would have given an answer. Or maybe an answer came and we didn't like what God did. Lord, I pray this morning that you would breathe faith into us. Help us to reach out again, to cry out again, to do it again. And so, Lord, I welcome what is being breathed and what is moving in lives of each person in this room. May we be persistent. May we not give up praying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. God hasn't forgotten. He loves you. He's graceful. He's merciful. He longs to have this intimate conversation with you that is a whole lot more important than whether an answer of prayer comes. And by the way, you get the, the fruit that comes from a heavenly father that is a good, good God. You may be discouraged. You may be frustrated. You may be ready to want to walk away from things, but let me tell you, don't quit. Don't give up. If you're needing somebody to pray with you, there'll be somebody standing over here underneath the cross who would love to spend some time in prayer with you. And I pray that this week that you'll just be overwhelmed by the blessing of God who raises you above that frustration, that tendency to want to quit, and be able to find because you kept asking, kept seeking, and kept knocking a heavenly father that loves you and desires to walk along beside. He wants to do it again. Grace and peace to you. Have an awesome week. You're, you're dismissed.